The SEC are a bunch of wimps. There you go. Show's over. We'll see you next time. Just kidding. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports, covering the Big 12 Conference. But seriously, SEC, you had a chance to increase to nine conference games. You were like, no, nah, we're good. We're going to stay at eight because really, we really, really, really like playing Lamar and Georgia Southern in late November, mid-September, whatever it might be. You just love those FCS games in uh, mid to late November. You can't get enough of those. It's just, it's, it's really pathetic. And it's even more pathetic that the rest of college football media won't just call them out. I mean, like, I understand the SEC is the best college football conference. I'm not here to convince you otherwise. I'm not. I'm a Big 12 guy. You watch this show, you know that. You follow this show, you know that. You know where my allegiances lie. But what I will say is that the fact that the college football media landscape at large does not call out the SEC for what it is, and that is a conference that says we're so good we can play less conference games and get away with it because nobody else will call us out about it, that's ridiculous. Like, should the Big 12 basketball uh, schedule, should they drop to 16 conference games instead of playing 18? What do you think? Is that something that, you know, they should do with a true round robin? I know some of you will say, well, some conferences play 20. But my point being, if you just call yourself the best conference in fill in the blank sport, does that give you carte blanche to say we're playing less conference games and no one's going to call us out? So we're just going to do it this way. That's the part of this to me that is so frustrating. That's the part of this that you sit there, you try to follow this, and you say to yourself, why? Why won't the rest of college football media at least have a little bit of an opinion when it comes to the SEC continually bailing itself out by saying, we are so good, we do not have to play nine conference games? Like the Pac-12, like the Big 12, and um, like the Big 10. Why not? So that decision was made this past week by the SEC. They had their meetings, and they said, we're only playing eight conference games. This is only for the 2024 season. They could change this going forward. But this is for the 2024 season when Texas and Oklahoma are set to join. They will drop divisions. That's good. Now, it's not. The SEC West versus the SEC East is not as bad as the gap between, say, the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. But there still is a gap there. There, there still is a gap there. There's no doubt about it. And that's something that needs to be noted as well going forward. So they are dropping that. So I'll, I'll give them props on that. I give credit where it's due. I'm a fair arbiter of the news. That's what we do here at Heartland College Sports. By the way, hit that subscribe button on the show. Appreciate you joining us. Um, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on the radio show, whether it is, of course, on the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you hooked up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So with that being said, I'm just, as a Big 12 guy, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, what are the SEC's excuses? That's what I want to know. Well, apparently, and I never thought I'd see this, Texas A&M was the school most aggressively pushing to play nine games. Why? That would give them an annual matchup against Texas. Right now, with eight conference games, if that holds, you will only have one rival that you play every year. In Texas's case, that's going to be Oklahoma. 
If they get nine conference games, you will have two guaranteed rivalries in the SEC every year. And in the case of Texas A&M, they would be added to Texas' list as their number two rival behind Oklahoma. So for A&M, they want to play Texas every year. First off, they think that they can now beat Texas on a regular basis. They've seen Texas be, for the most part, mediocre for a decade and a half, and they're not afraid of Texas anymore. So they want it to be on the annual play Texas list. And I don't blame them for feeling that way, by the way. I'll just add that to the equation as well. So A&M was most aggressively pushing nine games. Florida, Georgia, LSU, and Missouri also publicly favored nine games. That's according to ESPN. Other schools remained on the fence. Alabama's Nick Saban wasn't so sure about it. Others had concerns as well. The big thing that the SEC wanted to get was more money for adding a ninth game. If ESPN were to throw in additional revenue for a ninth conference game, the schools would be hard-pressed to turn it down. That would be a very difficult thing for them to do. So if ESPN comes to the table and says, hey, you guys start playing conference games instead of playing Lamar, instead of playing Georgia Southern, we'll help you out, we'll hook you up. But in the meantime, if it's just about doing the right thing, they're not going to do it. Because by the way, and and I got to give Peter Burns of ESPN credit for this. I saw this on his uh, Twitter yesterday. And we shared this on our Instagram page. Follow us there at Heartland College Sports. Since the NCAA approved 12 game schedules back in 2006, no team playing a nine game conference schedule has ever won a college football national championship. You heard that right. No team playing a nine game conference schedule has ever won a college football national championship. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big 12 have not won a title since moving to nine conference games. Meanwhile, the SEC has won 13, the ACC has won three. I don't sit here and say that's the reason that the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Big Ten have not won national championships, but it certainly doesn't hurt. It certainly doesn't hurt when you're talking about college kids And they don't have to play an extra conference game. And not only are they not playing an extra conference game, but oftentimes they're playing an FCS opponent instead. Right? And that is not inconsequential, and it should not be viewed as inconsequential. It shouldn't be. For some it is, but it really should not be. So I'm glad, and I appreciate Peter Burns pointing that out from ESPN. That was... um, very good stuff. By the way, I heard he's getting fired next week. So <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just saying that that doesn't fit the ESPN narrative. So I had to throw that in there for you as well. Um, but, you know, this is going to be something that is worth watching. It should be watched very cl- closely. And if there's one area I will give ESPN the benefit of the doubt, it is this. We don't know what strength of schedule is going to look like. We don't know how strength of schedule is going to play a role going forward in what the ESPN is going to do and what the college football playoff is going to do. And since we don't have that information, I understand why they might be a little skeptical to say we're going to add a ninth conference game. But here's what also annoyed me about all this with the SEC staying at eight games, eight conference games. Greg McElroy, who I think is a good analyst, I do like Greg McElroy, but on his YouTube channel, he said... um, this past week, that the other conferences should play 10 conference games 
to improve their strength of schedule. So he made the case that he said here, if I were the Big 12, I would play 10 conference games. He said, if I were the Pac-12, I'd play 10 conference games. He goes, I would play as many as humanly possible to try and get one or two big, big games on the schedule every year. He goes, I wouldn't play any group of five. I wouldn't play any FCS because I don't think they're getting the benefit of the doubt. A couple of things there. First off, that's insane. So the SEC teams can play two FCS opponents. The Big 12 should play none. Like, I don't think anybody should play FCS opponents, but I understand the monetary value it provides to the FCS schools. A lot of them will, you know, have their athletic departments funded in part by getting their butts kicked by a major Power 5 team. So I'm respectful of that. But are you kidding me? The SEC can play two, including one in November, and the Big 12 should play no FCS games and should have 10 conference games? I mean, that's ridiculous from Greg McElroy, who I do have a lot of respect for, but that is ridiculous. It's an insane comment to make for the guy. No, they should not have to play 10. And by the way, the whole benefit of the doubt when it comes to a college football playoff, here's the thing. The playoff expands, right, in 24. And the way it's going to work is that the Big 12 is all but guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff. Here's how it's going to work. Just as a reminder, the six, high, the six highest ranked conference champions, as determined by the college football playoff committee, will receive automatic bids. Now, that doesn't guarantee the Big 12 a spot, but in a world with a Power 5, and by the way, who knows what the Pac-12 will look like before long, in a world with a Power 5, if you're the Big 12 champion, the odds that you aren't one of the six highest-ranked conference champions is slim to none. Very rare that that's going to happen, especially with the Big 12 that plays one versus two and has a divisionless format because that prevents, um, you know, a total shocking upset if you have division formats and one division is far weaker than the other and that weaker opponent ends up upsetting the better opponent in the conference championship game. That could create a scenario where the conference champion is not very highly ranked or not ranked at all. That's not likely to happen in the Big 12. The Big 12 is all but guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff. Now, the other six teams of a 12-team format are going to be at-large bids. So, yes, it is going to be tough to get to because we all know the fetish with the SEC is going to continue with the College Football Playoff Committee. But Greg McElroy saying they should play 10 conference games in the Big 12 is insane. I mean, I want more great games, but that is insanely unfair to say about the Big 12 compared to the SEC. So I'm not... I am not buying that one for a second. No way, no how. Now, um, also want to spend some time with you here on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm Pete Mundo, by the way. If you're joining us, thanks for being here. However you're getting the show, hit that subscribe button. We so appreciate you doing it and being a part of the show. So uh, the Big 12, Brett Yormark held his press conference after the Big 12 meetings took place in West Virginia this past week. And the big takeaways to me, if you want the big takeaways, something's going to happen on the expansion front, and it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Brett Yormark said that we've got a plan, and that plan is going to be implemented. And that plan is something that he is dead set on making happen. And by the way, 
Um, the other thing that I took out of it is that basketball is a huge part of what he wants to do going forward. And we've told you about that here on the show. I'm just pulling up some of his quotes here on my phone. But um, when he talked about the Big 12 and when he talked about expansion for the Big 12, he talked about, yes, academic alignment, leadership, cultural fit, geography, athletic performance, and the upside. But it's clear that Brett Yormark sees a way where basketball eventually becomes its own decoupling from football. What does that mean? That means when you sell the TV rights for the Big 12 in 2031, when the next contract comes up, what he sees, what his vision is, is that the Big 12 could say, hey, we're going to sell our football rights and then we're going to sell our basketball rights and we're going to decouple them and do it separately. He thinks that college athletics for too long has thrown in basketball as basically an add-on to football. And he doesn't believe that that's maximizing every dollar for the league. And he sees the Big 12 as the preeminent basketball conference in the country. And he's not wrong. He's right to have that opinion. But the way he talked about decoupling basketball from football, he said it here. He said, quote, as we think about the future and the ways to create value, there's always that option to decouple basketball from football to see if there is further value we can create for our conference. And we positioned ourselves to do so. That is part of what Brett Yormark said in his press conference on Friday. And then he added this about expansion. We had a great discussion about expansion and we have a plan. We have an appetite to be a national conference. We believe in the upside of basketball. If the opportunity presents itself to create value, we will pursue expansion. It is a focus of ours. So we've all talked about the idea of Colorado and maybe another Pac-12 team coming in to the fold for the Big 12. But when he hints at the upside of basketball there, what does that mean? When he hints at the upside of basketball, that tells me that UConn may be more in the mix than we realize. Or a Gonzaga for basketball only could be more in the mix than we realize. We've talked about, is it going to be Colorado and Arizona? Who could it be, right? That's been the common two from the Pac-12. But the more we look at this, the Arizona schools, they may have so much interest in staying together, one is afraid to leave the other. And if only Colorado leaves then suddenly that brings them into the mix back in the Big 12. And the Pac-12 could basically flip San Diego State, replace Colorado with San Diego State, and wipe their hands clean and say, we're still a solid 10-team conference. They may ultimately do that. And then the Big 12 could say, we've got, let's say, Colorado and then UConn. Brett Yormark is a basketball guy. He desperately wants to be a part of the New York City market. We know that. He's made that very clear. Brett Yormark had a dream spring. He had a dream March Madness, right? With K-State making that run in Madison Square Garden, pushing to the Elite Eight, almost getting to a Final Four on the backs of three guys who all were from New York City. And then they had the announcement about Harlem, where they're going to be doing summer camps in Harlem for Big 12 coaches, men's and women's basketball teams. Like, Brett Yormark wants to tap into that market. His best bet right now is UConn. The question is, does UConn want it? Would they come in for football too? 
does that potentially hurt the basketball brand in some way? I, I don't have all those answers, but I know that those conversations are absolutely taking place. There's no doubt in my mind that they're taking place. And he keeps hinting at this, saying national conference, right? Saying basketball upside, decoupling basketball. And if he thinks he can decouple basketball, then he's got to add some basketball powerhouses. And UConn is one that makes all the sense in the world. What I don't know, and here's what's worth following and worth watching. Based on all the reporting, if the Big 12 adds a Power 5 school, the TV contract will equally pay that school what the other Big 12 schools are getting. So if Colorado comes in, it clicks in where Colorado gets the same money, about $31 million at the base level of all the other Big 12 schools. ESPN and Fox will kick that in. I don't know what UConn is considered. They play Big East basketball. Big East is basketball-only schools, right? Or, you know, basketball-first schools, I should say. And the football's independent, but, like, I, I don't know. I assume that does not qualify as Power 5. So then how do you do that? What do you... How does that work when it comes to the contractual side? And those are the questions that UConn has to ask itself, has to find out, obviously. And the Big 12 has to do some due diligence on its own end and figure out whether or not that makes it worth it. But everything signals to me that your mark is playing the long game towards that 2031 TV contract negotiation, which I know feels like it's a lifetime away, but it's going to be here before we know it, right? I'll be here doing this show. You'll be hopefully watching, listening, and, and um, it's going to be here before we know it. So that's what I took away from Brett Yormark's press conference. But I also, maybe most importantly, feel like this conference is as unified as it maybe has ever been. Certainly since I started following the conference, you know, 10, 15 years ago now. There is a unity that this league has never had. And it goes back to when the Big 12, you know, became the Big 12 25, 30 years ago now. You had all the old Big 8 schools with the Southwest Conference and the butting of heads and who's the alpha dog and all these different things. And eventually that will happen in the Big 12 too. Because teams will start to separate, alphas will start fighting, and that will naturally, organically happen. But for now, it is great to be covering this conference and watching this conference and knowing that it certainly appears like everybody's on the same team. There is no backstabbing. There is not even, you know, a lot of the reporting that would get leaked to people is not happening from this conference. At least in a negative way. There are positive leaks about expansion, but there are no negative leaks where teams are backstabbing each other. And for the first time in, you know, the nearly 10 years we've been doing this, but the 15 years that I've been watching this conference and covering this conference, it is so refreshing because we're just not used to it, right? We're not used to it. And while I think we'd be in this space no matter what, I do also believe that having a guy like Brett Yormark at the top is helping alleviate and uh, prevent any of those potential issues from taking place, at least right now. So I, um, I'm just, I'm fired up about that. I'm excited about that. And I think overall, it is such a good time for this conference and better than I could have ever predicted over the last couple of years. 
Some of you asking, by the way, about the T-shirt. Uh, these we were selling a long time ago, um, a couple of years back, and then the SEC came after us, so we had to stop, unfortunately. But I still got one, and they can't prevent me from wearing it, right? I don't know. Maybe their hotshot attorneys would try, but uh, they can't prevent me from wearing it, so such is life. Uh, it is great to be here with you. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, as always, for joining us, for being a part of the show. Appreciate you, and I uh, appreciate all that you guys do to help this show grow every single day. And before you leave, as always, we've got the stack of koozies. They're right here, Heartland College Sports koozies. All you got to do is leave a rating and a review on the podcast and hit that subscribe button. And then send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you all hooked up. So thank you so much for doing that. It'll take you 30 seconds, and it really does help this show grow ahead of football season. It's all because of you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Where else are you getting free stuff for subscribing and rating and reviewing podcasts? Come on now. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.